You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to the Seahawks Insider Podcast as we get you ready for the Seahawks game against the Carolina Panthers. I'm Jen Mueller, sideline reporter for the Seattle Seahawks, joined as always by John Boyle from Seahawks.com. Hello, Jen. Hi, John. How are you? I am finally starting to turn my frown upside down this oh, week. Oh, good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. It's taken a few extra days. I'm yeah, not going to lie. That was a rough one. Maybe it was pulling into the driveway at 3 a.m. on Monday morning that did me in. Doesn't help. Maybe it was, you know, just having a little, like, head cold for a day maybe that did it but I think all of that could have been overlooked with the Seahawks win on Sunday yeah that was a tough one and you know as we've heard a lot of players say this week and even after the game they're they're hoping that can be a learning experience because they got beat pretty thoroughly on both sides of the ball and you know that the kind of takeaway from that is you just flush it and figure out a way to get better because that that wasn't obviously a very good Good performance. And correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm not reading this right, but it seems like every guy that I talked to in the locker room, they understood what happened and what went wrong in that game. And there also seemed to be a sense of, look, we just couldn't keep doing it at that pace. They'd had some emotional wins. They were coming off a great win Monday night, so it's already a short week. You forget that while guys are sick and they played well on Monday night, it's not like the flu bug and all of the side effects go away within 24 or 48 hours after it. You've still got guys trying to put on weight in the locker room. It just, to me, felt like, I don't want to say inevitable or unavoidable, but it just seemed to me like a letdown was going to happen. They recognize that, and they're ready to ramp it back up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they would have loved to have avoided that letdown, sure. but that's it's natural in sports. It happens to everyone. It happened to some of the best Seahawks teams. The 2013 team lost a home game there, or maybe it was a road game. Anyway, they lost to Arizona. I think it was late in the season. It was here. Um, yeah, they've you know it happens to good teams all the time. We see it, and it's how you respond. Do you learn from that? Do you figure out? And, and going back for a second, we've heard this from Coach Lott. Give a lot of credit to L.A., too. Yes. They played really well. It wasn't just – they're always a tough matchup, just the way they play offense. They're a good team. And if they're clicking like that, then the Seahawks need to match it by playing at their best, and they didn't. And that's what happens when you have a good team playing really well and a good team having an off evening, you get a pretty lopsided result. Well, and when you consider how much the Seahawks want to run the ball and how much that – it runs the entire offense 21 rushing attempts last week that doesn't help you out a whole lot yeah nor does losing a running back on his first play of the game who's become a big part of your offense he he was in that game plan in a big way and all of a sudden you have to throw all those plays out for him and figure out a way to do it with another running back because look Chris Carson's awesome but we've seen in recent weeks this offense is better when both those guys are going and now they've got to kind of reset and get it done with C.J. Price, Nice with Travis Homer. And in case you missed the news this week, Rashad Penny will undergo surgery on his knee. They are still saying that it is an ACL sprain, but that doctors are going to take a look at some stuff while they're in there. Surgery is not scheduled as of right now because they need to let that just kind of die down a little bit. There's typically some swelling and some mobility things around any sort of an injury, so they let that go down before they go in. 
as disappointed as I am for Rashad Penny that this is how his season ends, especially when that one-two punch was going, I'm also thrilled for him and what his upside is. And the fact that people have seen that and that perhaps the doubters have gone away a little bit because that is not how we were talking about or people were talking about Rashad Penny at the beginning of the year. Yeah, the, the timing of this is really awful for him just because he's coming along strong, but it will change kind of the perception of him when he's back. And he's now shown, you know, over the course of a couple games – how dangerous he can be and and you know he's he's gonna have a bright future here it's just unfortunate it's got a little setback chris carson goes over a thousand rushing yards during the course of the game that's a significant milestone that was a little bit overlooked in the wake of the loss but certainly the way that he runs the ball it is a catalyst and it's something that catches pete carroll's eye every time it means a great deal to us it always has you know to have a, a running back that that has the the attitude that we like to exhibit and the, and the mentality. Uh, Chris has been exactly that. You know, we've we've had pretty good style in our running backs over the years, and and Chris has really generated uh, the consistency. You know, to come back to back and do that, and that's that's tremendous work. And um, it's 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 been a trying year for him. You know, he's had to challenge, been challenged, had to get his way back into the rhythm of things and all that. But he's done it well, and uh, he certainly has maintained his uh, the the attitude that really stands for all of us. You know, when when he's carrying the ball, we're proud to see him run, and uh, the, the defense takes great pride in that as well as the offense. And you know, the big guys up front, they're really proud of the fact that he was able to come back again and get a thousand yards, and because those are the guys that had to make it happen. And so um, they all share that. And Pete references the the style of Carson. It's not just a production. It's kind of that physical, wants to go out and hit a defensive back. And it it's he is Carol reference. It affects the defense too. I talked to you know some guys, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner about it. I, I remember a play. I can't remember which game it was, but he ran somebody over on the sideline, and you see Bobby Wagner's out on the field cheering him on, right in his face, getting all fired up. It motivates everybody. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is the best example of that, and I'm not. It's not fair to compare Chris Carson at this point of his career to Marshawn Lynch, but it has that same effect. When you're out there punishing guys, making it hard on a defense, it fires everybody up, and it it makes the team better. But it is worth comparing him to Marshawn Lynch because with Chris Carson having back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing season, he is the first since Marshawn Lynch had four straight seasons of over 1,000 yards. That was from 2011 to 2014. So while he still has a few years to go to catch up with Marshawn, I think that that is a fair comparison. It is also a fair question to ask what happens now without Rashad Penny when you know they still need to get their rushes and their attempts, and it looks like you got two options between Travis Homer and C.J. Procise. He has been a fantastic uh, contributor on special teams, and, and uh, he's worked throughout the year with us. We, we don't have any hesitation. He, he, will, he will have a chance to get the ball this weekend. C.J. is going to step right into the two-role and, and work with, uh, you know, all, the, alternating with Chris, and Homer's alive and ready to go, too. So... Um, I'm, I'm really happy for CJ. He's had to, just the numbers just got him all during this, the middle part of this season. He's a really capable player. We love the way he he plays and the way he's been practicing. He's been healthy throughout to, you know, to give himself a chance, but he's been frustrated too, you know, and likely, he, in likely fashion, he should be. Um, but he's ready to go. This is going to be a really interesting three games for CJ Procise because he's a guy, obviously, we all know the injury history. He just hasn't had an opportunity to stay on the field and have a significant role because, you know, there were the injuries before, then they add new backs. Now he's healthy, but he was stuck behind Carson and and, uh, Penny and just wasn't getting on the field. He's going to get every chance to be a part of this offense now. He's not necessarily going to get the 15 carries Penny was getting, but he'll get his touches, and it's how how can he take advantage, what can he do? Because 
if he doesn't get the job done, then we know Homer's right there knocking on the door. He's a the guy they're really excited about too. So, you know, we'll see. I, I would think this shifts a little more of the burden back to Carson, kind of how it was until Penny got going. But you're, you're going to need to rely on somebody else. Carson can't handle every touch. But I wonder if they just mix Travis Homer in almost at an equal balance with CJ because of what we talked about last week and the thing that caught Pete Carroll's eye and putting him back there as a kick returner is his style of running. CJ has a different style of running. In fact, he is more of a receiver and he's more of a third down guy. I wonder if they don't just look for almost an even mix between those two and then Chris getting the bulk of the carries yeah. from the get-go. And I think it'll depend on how the game's going. If it, if a game goes, obviously you don't want to go like it did against the Rams, but they only had, I think, 16 running back carries against the Rams. It's hard to get more than one back, let alone two going, and then a game like that. If you have a game where you can run the ball a ton, you get ahead, or you're just running the ball well, so you have those long, sustained drives, then, yeah, I think we'll see some Travis Homer. I think it's really just going to depend a lot on how many times you're able to hand the ball off. We've talked a lot about the offense in the game last week against the Rams. The defense, you know, here's an interesting thing. It is one of a handful of times that the Seahawks have lost while winning the turnover battle. In fact, it is the first time it has happened this year. Quandre Diggs accounts for two interceptions of the game. What do we make of the defense as a whole, John? It's tough because we were talking. I mean, it's it looked like they made this big turn from the first half of the season to the last three games. And it, it was a step back. You know, they got beat pretty good. There were three long touchdown drives in the first half. Then you think, okay, they turn things around third quarter. They get the two picks. But, the, you know, the offense couldn't do its part to get them back in the game, and the defense was trying to hang on. And then all of a sudden you get a 95-yard touchdown drive that pretty much put the game away. So I still think this defense is going to be good to finish the year. I think they're going to be a big part of this team's postseason success, however much it has. But, you know, you, you worry a little bit about, if there was a step back, if that was just a Rams-specific thing or if there's bigger issues at play. But, I, again, I think some of that goes to the Rams and just the way they their game plan and the way they executed. But I do think your point about bigger issues could be something that, I mean, if you look at the numbers and just team-by-team team comparison here, the Seahawks defense is allowing 375 yards a game. That is 26th in the NFL, 271 yards in pass passing yards that's 29th and points allowed that's 24.7 now maybe it's just because I keep thinking back to the defenses that led the league in points allowed a few years ago and you couldn't score 20 points you couldn't even score 16 points because I believe they were averaging under 15 points or just about 15 points a game that they were allowing in those years but when I look at those numbers and I see the rankings that's not just a one game anomaly no I mean, this defense isn't going to be those teams. It's not the, the strength of this team is not going to be that it just completely dominates you on defense. What they need to do is play well on defense to complement what is a much better, higher-scoring offense than those teams you're referencing from earlier in this era. So, you know, I look, they need to get to the quarterback better. They need to take care of some stuff. Where, I mean, just way too many guys were running wide open in that Rams game. But I do think that that particular team is a bad matchup for this defense we've seen it really over the last couple seasons since McVay's been there that they give this defense trouble so you know it's going to be really interesting to see what they do these next three games this is a game look we'll get more into the Panthers but other than stopping Christian McCaffrey this is an offense you should be able to take care of and if 
if they don't play a lot better this week than they did against Rams, then I'll be a lot, pretty concerned. And you do have a key piece on that defense that was missing against the Rams and Michael Kendricks. His hamstring would not allow him to go. That's an injury that he's been battling for a couple of weeks. His status for this week is up in the air, but we do know that Cody Barton got not only the most significant time, but his first NFL start of the year. And that makes a difference when you are facing a Rams team that knows how to play a division opponent, but also anytime you're getting your first NFL start, there's going to be some growing pains. He played really hard. Uh, he had some kind of classic first-time shots, you know, where he misjudged uh, some, some, a couple blocks, you know, and the, being on the edge and a couple routes in the flat, you know, that he could have jumped a little bit better. So it's just, you know, getting to the game speed thing that, that, uh, that you know, he'll, he'll be better this week and he's going to pick up on every, every little tip that he can get to improve and help us out and, and uh, anxious to see him play again. And that was a particularly tough first start for yes. Cody Barton in terms of the matchup, the style of offense. I mean, just the stuff they do, the up-tempo, the style of plays they're running. It's, you know, not that he played terribly or anything, but I think we would see a lot better performance out of him if, if he were to play again this week just because, A, he'll have that experience on his belt, but, B, that was, you know, coaches have alluded to this. That was just that was a tough first game for him in terms of, what he was looking at. And he was pretty candid after the game and saying, look, game speed is completely different, right? You think you're prepared and then you get into a game with that many snaps. Uh, he had previously subbed in a couple of series for Michael Kendrick. So it's not like he hadn't seen it, but it is different when you are the guy out there and there isn't anybody to back you up. This all leads to a 16 point loss by the Seahawks. It is just the sixth double digit loss postseason included since midway through the 2011 season. So I don't think that hitting the panic button is worth it right now unless you just have nothing else to do. And, you know, some people will anyway. We see it. I, I see people hitting the panic button in the first half of games this team wins all the time. So it's kind of the nature of the beast. But, yeah, you're right. This is the team that responds very well to losses. They rarely lose that big, but when they do, they tend to bounce back strong. Their record off of losses is great. Russell Wilson, they're what, 30 and 7, I believe. Russell it is. Wilson is 30 and 7 following a regular yeah. season loss. So I, you know, I like their chances this week, and I think that they're going to grow from what was a pretty awful night Sunday at the Coliseum. We talk about the familiarity between the Rams and the Seahawks or any division opponent. It is really feeling like Carolina is a division opponent with as many times as they have played. In fact, this will be the 10th meeting since 2010. The Seahawks are 7-2 and two in those meetings overall. They are 4-0 and oh in Charlotte during the regular season. They did lose a game to the Panthers in the postseason one of those years. Meanwhile, the Panthers are coming off their worst loss of the season, a 40-20 to 20 loss against Atlanta. That is their fifth straight loss. What do you make of the Carolina Panthers? It's been a tough year for them. I mean, they look like a legit playoff contender early in the year, even with Cam Newton hurt. They put Kyle Allen in, rattle off four straight wins, and you think, you know, they're they're a real contender, if not for the South, then at the very least for a wild card. And it's, unfortunately for them, turned in a real bad way. Kyle Allen's kind of come back down to earth. They're... They're struggling. They changed coaches, obviously. Ron Rivera, who'd been there, what, since 2010, is out. So it's been a tough year for them. You know, they're they're obviously playing for pride more than anything at this point, and you, you hope that you can go down there and take care of business. Kyle Allen, in the last five games, has been sacked 24 times. He has lost three fumbles. He's thrown seven touchdowns, but he's also thrown eight interceptions. So you would think that this is a game for the Seahawks' pass rush to really be able to affect a quarterback that – that has been uh, slumping 
of yeah. late. I mean, yeah, they're they've been turning the ball over a ton lately, and we saw it in the win over the 49ers in the win over the Eagles. When that CX pass rush can get going, it drastically changes this defense. So yeah, this you know, you don't want to take any team for granted, but this is a game the defense needs to kind of get back to what it was doing a few weeks ago. And they do need to find a way to slow down Christian McCaffrey. You mentioned it earlier. Christian McCaffrey really having a nice season and he has caught the eye of Pete Carroll for years going back to the draft. He's a great player. You know, he was a great player in college. I remember sitting at the at the uh, combine in the evening, sitting down with him, just one on one with him, and, and uh, I was really excited to talk to him because I was so impressed with him as a college player, and and I kind of wanted to see if he had that kind of twinkle in his eye about being great. He left no doubt, and uh, I was blown away by by his mentality, and then uh, to see him perform at such a high level so consistently, and he's he's good at everything, and he's. He's, you know, he's the best combo guy there is. 86 catches he's got right now. I don't know, it's third or fourth in the league, whatever it is, as well as 1,200 yards. I mean, it's crazy numbers. But he brings it, and he runs tough, and, he, and he's good in the open field, and he makes the catches and runs the routes, and he's an incredible player. He is also on pace to finish with the third most yards from scrimmage in NFL history. He leads the NFL in total touches, total touchdowns, and yards from scrimmage, and yet... He's been held to 70 yards or less in the running game in each of the past four games. Yeah, I mean, part of that goes to the team struggling. It's hard to get the ball to your running back when you're playing from behind. But also when you are that good and the team around you is struggling, it's a lot. I don't care how good you are. If a, if a defense feels like this is the guy, stop him, and that's all we got to do, You can a def, an NFL defense is going to do a pretty good job slowing somebody down. So, you know, it, it's not quite as simple as stop him in the, in the game, but... It kind of is. (laughs) But when you talk about those big plays, so here's an interesting note. Carolina has eight plays of 50 or more yards this season. Eight. Yeah, they like to check That's significant, right? Six of those were touchdowns. McCaffrey has three touchdowns of over 50 yards on the ground. Yeah. So they can get big yards. This is certainly not an offense to sleep on when they either want to chuck it or get it to McCaffrey and open They do have some weapons, some good receivers outside. Allen has not been consistent, but he can throw it downfield. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm overstating when I say stop McCaffrey and you win the game, but he's going to be he's yes. going to be the priority. He is, and you know what? We spent so much time talking about Christian McCaffrey. The thing that gets overlooked is this Carolina defense, and I don't know if it was surprising to you to go and look through some of these stats, but you know, look, they're second in the league with sacks, 47. They're tied for third with interceptions. They're tied for sixth in total takeaways, tied for 13th in passes defense. Like, there's a lot of good things that this defense is doing. But. I don't even look at that. I mean, Mario Addison, Brian Burns, Bruce Irvin is there, Gerald McCoy, and I I just don't even look at those numbers. Well, it's weird, yeah, because they're, like, the total defense points allowed, those numbers are not very good. But when you see the talent they have, some of those numbers you reference, sacks, all that, it's a defense that can play well in any given week and can make things hard on you, and they've historically made things difficult on the Seahawks offense. So they're, you know, it, they've struggled in terms of the numbers this year, but, uh, you know, this is a defense Seahawks will take very seriously when you've got some of those names you mentioned. Luke Keekley, obviously, there's there's a lot. I of overlooked talent. Luke, but that's because I really want to give more props to Bobby. Yeah. But only Luke has more tackles than Bobby Wagner since 2012. They are one and two in they're the both NFL. Pretty good. They're both pretty good. We'll give him that. Yeah, I just wish Bobby would get more of his due. But that's just me. Hey, I'm a bit of a homer. Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Bobby Wagner. 
I, that would be a good that would be a good start. That's, yeah, that's getting us do a little bit. That is, I'm sorry, I did not mean to to overlook that one. <laughs> when you talk about making things difficult on a defense or a defense making things difficult, at what point is Josh Gordon going to make uh, it a little bit harder on defenses? I think we might start seeing that if not this week. <laughs> well, I, I I guess I would predict this week will be his best game just because we started to see. He only had the two catches this past game, but he was on the field a lot more. He was the played the third most of any receiver behind Lockett and Metcalf, who have been the clear one two all year. There were more targets that just weren't they didn't all find him. And as Pete Carroll alluded to, there, he ran some good routes and was open when you know either Russell just missed him or maybe the pass rush got to Russell before the the throw could come out. But He's he's doing things that the coaches are noticing that they like, and uh, you know I don't think it necessarily means he's going to have ten catches this week, but I think we'll see him more involved. I don't mean to like fact check you, but I kind of am because we actually have Pete talking about that. So let's make sure that what Pete Carroll's assessment sounds like accurately lines up with what Probably you have predicted off. is going to happen. Josh has had you know huge games in the past, and and uh, he just hasn't got the ball enough yet um, to to show that for us. But he's done really well. Josh has been a you know really good guy around here and, and practicing and working hard and studying. We had we there's a few calls in that game that he had shots that, that the ball didn't get to him and he was there you know he ran the right route and we were open and we just you know didn't get there because of other issues. But uh, we're counting on him to be, you know he can he could have a big game anytime. I love sidebar the way Pete Carroll never places blame. You can read between the lines and kind of deduct what it is, but he's not going to say. We didn't get it to him because the offensive line didn't hold up and Russell had to bail. Or he's not going to say Russell didn't see me and miss. He'll leave it up to you to interpret. There's a few things it could be, but it's always or it's always we didn't do this. It's you know he's never he's not the throw players under the bus kind of coach, and I think players notice that. Yeah, anyway, I, I noticed. Sorry that for too. the it sidebar, takes, but no, it takes a, a great amount of discipline. Both he and Russell are f- fantastic at that, and I do appreciate it about both of them. And I would love to see Josh Gordon. Play a bigger role. I love the way he catches the ball. Oh, my gosh, he is so smooth. Yeah. Oh, it I mean, could be good. slants where it's maybe a little out in front of him or wherever. He just – great hands. He's He is a great and, catcher of the ball. And he has been a very nice young man in that he locker has. room. He has. You can tell – I mean, he's had a rough go of his career, and it's it's been something that's humbled him. And he talked about with reporters the other day how, you know, he didn't come here with any expectations – you know, some guys would be unhappy to come here and not be getting the ball, but he's he loves what he's doing here. And obviously, like any receiver, he'd love to get the ball more, but he's not a guy who's being a malcontent at all. He's he's very content here. I uh, I would love to see him involved. I would love to see if that's going to play into what you need to see from the team on Sunday because it is time to give me the two things you need to see from the Seahawks if they're going to win the game. All right. Well, I will go that way now that you set me up for it. I Not necessarily Josh Shoot, Gordon, but mine. I want to see the passing game get going <laughs> again. It's There's been a number of factors. I'm, I'm not going to – I'm going to be like Pete Carroll and not put blame on any one person, but the passing game just hasn't been as efficient or explosive the last four games as it was early in the year when we were all talking about Russell Wilson as being the MVP of this league. So I want to see – you know, a good example was a game in Carolina last year where Carolina did a good job stopping the run and the passing game got going. I don't know if the game will play out like that numbers-wise, but I want to see a clean, efficient game from the passing game. And let's say, for efficiency's sake, let's say passer rating over 110 and two or more touchdown passes. I think if they get that part of their game going, we're going to see this offense really humming. Other side of the ball, we mentioned this earlier, but let's get the pass rush back. Let's... uh 
five or more quarterback hits and at least two sacks. Not going to be crazy numbers, but I just need to see improvement. Well, yeah, and actually you kind of took one of those. I was going to say, look, if Kyle Allen has been sacked 24 times in the last five games, you should be able to replicate that effort. Look, I'm not saying that it's easy to get sacks, but four sacks with a a group that is hungry to get after the ball, that's what I'm looking for. Also, with 21 rushing attempts last week, you have to have a strong run game to be able to get those passing yards and passing attempts. I'd like to see them back up to their 30 touches in the run game. However that gets divided, that is one of the magic numbers for the Seahawks. It allows them to get into rhythm for everything else on the offense. So that's what I'm looking for. We hope that you are listening and watching the Seahawks game on Sunday. We will be back with you next week to break down everything that we saw right here on the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.